0: Section 24 of Mark Twain's Autobiography, Volume 2. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by John Greenman. Wednesday, March 7, 1906. Susie's Biography. Susie and her father escort Mrs. Clemens to train, then go over Brooklyn Bridge. On the way to Vassar, they discuss German profanity. Mr. Clemens tells of the sweet and profane german nurse the arrival at vassar and the dreary reception told by susie the reading etc mr clemens opinion of girls he is to talk to the barnard girls this afternoon from susie's biography the next day mamma planned to take the four o'clock car back to hartford We rose quite early that morning and went to the Vienna Bakery and took breakfast there. From there we went to a German bookstore and bought some German books for Clara's birthday. Then Mama and I went to do some shopping, and Papa went to see General Grant. After we had finished doing our shopping, we went home to the hotel together. When we entered our rooms in the hotel, we saw on the table a vase full of exquisite red roses. Mama, who is very fond of flowers, exclaimed, Oh, I wonder who could have sent them. We both looked at the card in the midst of the roses, and saw that it was written on in Papa's handwriting. It was written in German, Liebes Geschenke, on die Mama. I am sure I didn't say on. That is Susie's spelling, not mine. S- l c mamma was delighted papa came home and gave mamma her ticket and after visiting a while with her went to see major pond and mamma and i sat down to our lunch after lunch most of our time was taken up with packing and at about three o'clock we went to escort mamma to the train we got on board the train with her and stayed with her about five minutes and then we said good-bye to her, and the train started for Hartford. It was the first time I had ever been away from home without Mama in my life, although I was thirteen years old. Papa and I drove back to the hotel and got Major Pond, and then went to see the Brooklyn Bridge. We went across it to Brooklyn on the cars, and then walked back across it from Brooklyn to New York. We enjoyed looking at the beautiful scenery, and we could see the bridge move under the intense heat of the sun. We had a perfectly delightful time, but were pretty tired when we got back to the hotel. The next morning we rose early, took our breakfast, and took an early train to Poughkeepsie. We had a very pleasant journey to Poughkeepsie. The Hudson was magnificent, shrouded with beautiful mist when we arrived at Poughkeepsie it was raining quite hard, which fact greatly disappointed me because I very much wanted to see the outsides of the buildings of Vassar College, and as it rained that would be impossible. It was quite a long drive from the station to Vassar College, and Papa and I had a nice long time to discuss and laugh over German profanity. One of the German phrases Papa particularly enjoys is o heilige maria mutter jesus jean has a german nurse and this was one of her phrases there was a time when jean exclaimed ach gott to every trifle but when mamma found it out she was shocked and instantly put a stop to it it brings that pretty little german creature vividly before me a sweet and innocent and plump little creature with peachy cheeks, a clear-souled little maiden, and without offense, notwithstanding her profanities, and she was loaded to the eyebrows with them. She was a mere child. She was not fifteen yet. She was just from Germany, and knew no English. She was always scattering her profanities around, and they were such a satisfaction to me that I never dreamed of such a thing as modifying her. For my own sake I had no disposition to tell on her—indeed, I took pains to keep her from being found out. I told her to confine her religious expressions to the children's quarters, and urged her to remember that Mrs. Clemens was prejudiced against pieties on weekdays. To the children— the little maid's profanities sounded natural and proper and right because they had been used to that kind of talk in germany and they attached no evil importance to it it grieves me that i have forgotten those vigorous remarks i long hoarded them in my memory as a treasure but i remember one of them still because i heard it so many times the trial of that little creature's life was the children's hair she would tug and strain with her comb accompanying her work with her misplaced pieties and when finally she was through with her triple job she always fired up and exploded her thanks toward the sky where they belonged in this form Gott sie danke ich bin schön fertig Gott verdammtes i believe i am not quite brave enough to translate it from susie's biography we at length reached fassar college and she looked very finely her buildings and her grounds being very beautiful we went to the front door and rang the bell the young girl who came to the door wished to know who we wanted to see Evidently we were not expected. Papa told her who we wanted to see, and she showed us to the parlor. We waited. No one came, and waited. No one came. Still no one came. It was beginning to seem pretty awkward. Oh, well, this is a pretty piece of business, Papa exclaimed. At length we heard footsteps coming down the long corridor, and Miss C. The lady who had invited papa came into the room she greeted papa very pleasantly and they had a nice little chat together soon the lady principal also entered and she was very pleasant and agreeable she showed us to our rooms and said she would send for us when dinner was ready we went into our rooms but we had nothing to do for half an hour except to watch the raindrops as they fell upon the window panes. At last we were called to dinner, and I went down without Papa, as he never eats anything in the middle of the day. I sat at the table with the lady principal, and enjoyed very much seeing all the young girls trooping into the dining-room. After dinner I went around the college with the young ladies, and— Papa stayed in his room and smoked. When it was supper-time, Papa went down and ate supper with us, and we had a very delightful supper. After supper the young ladies went to their rooms to dress for the evening. Papa went to his room, and I went with the lady principal. At length the guests began to arrive, but Papa still remained in his room until called for. Papa read in the chapel. It was the first time I had ever heard him read in my life, that is, in public. When he came out on the stage, I remember the people behind me exclaimed, Oh, how queer he is! Isn't he funny? I thought Papa was very funny, although I did not think him queer. He read A Trying Situation, and The Golden Arm, a ghost story that he heard down south when he was a little boy. The golden arm, Papa had told me before, but he had startled me so that I did not much wish to hear it again. But I had resolved this time to be prepared and not to let myself be startled, but still Papa did, and very, very much. He startled the whole roomful of people, and they jumped as one man. The other story was also very funny and interesting, and I enjoyed the evening inexpressibly much. After Papa had finished reading, we all went down to the collation in the dining room, and after that there was dancing and singing. Then the guests went away, and Papa and I went to bed. The next morning we rose early, took an early train for Hartford, and reached Hartford at half-past two o'clock. We were very glad to get back. How charitably she treats that ghastly experience! It is a dear and lovely disposition, and a most valuable one, that can brush away indignities and discourtesies and seek and find the pleasanter features of an experience. Susie had that disposition, and it was one of the jewels of her character that had come to her straight from her mother it is a feature that was left out of me at birth and at seventy i have not yet acquired it i did not go to vassar college professionally but as a guest as a guest and gratis aunt clara mrs stanchfield was a graduate of Vassar, and it was to please her that I inflicted that journey upon Susie and myself. The invitation had come to me from both the lady mentioned by Susie and the president of the college, a sour old saint who has probably been gathered to his fathers long ago, and I hope they enjoy him. I hope they enjoy his society." I think I can get along without it, in either end of the next world. We arrived at the college in that soaking rain, and Susie has described, with just a suggestion of dissatisfaction, the sort of reception we got. Susie had to sit in her damp clothes half an hour while we waited in the parlor. Then she was taken to a fireless room and left to wait there again, as she has stated. I do not remember that President's name, and I am sorry. He did not put in an appearance until it was time for me to step upon the platform in front of that great garden of young and lovely blossoms. He caught up with me, and advanced upon the platform with me, and was going to introduce me. I said in substance, you have allowed me to get along without your help thus far, and if you will retire from the Platform I will try to do the rest without it. I did not see him any more, but I detest his memory. Of course my resentment did not extend to the students, and so I had an unforgettable good time talking to them. And I think they had a good time, too, for they responded as one man, to use Susie's unimprovable phrase. Girls are charming creatures. I shall have to be twice seventy years old before I change my mind as to that. I am to talk to a crowd of them this afternoon, students of Barnard College, the sexes annex to Columbia University. And I think I shall have just as pleasant a time with those lassies as I had with the Vassar girls twenty-one years ago. End of section twenty-four, Wednesday, March seventh, nineteen o six.